Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. That's better. All right, welcome to everyone who is here. Welcome to everyone online. Glad to have you all here. A um, couple of uh, quick announcements before we get started here. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you to everyone for the uh, pastor appreciation stuff that was going on over the last four or five weeks. John and Val Semek did a great job organizing that, and you all really gave us some nice cards and gifts and all that. And it's just always so encouraging for us as leaders to, to hear from you and to hear the kind of things that are important to you and what's impacting you. So we're, we're very grateful for you taking the time to do that. And again, thanks to uh, Val and John again for organizing all that. Um, we do have a business meeting today. Right after the service, we're going to bring lunch in. We've got a bunch of pizzas coming in from Domino's, and uh, we're going to do a short business meeting right after the service. So it'll probably start about 20, 30 minutes right after the service, and it shouldn't last more than an hour. Uh, we get through these things pretty quickly. Our business meetings used to be like two-plus-hour affairs, and we've learned. Um, after a couple of those, we learned that that was too long. So this will be fairly short, so we encourage you to stick around. Uh, members will be voting on a new budget for the year and a new elder, David Eicher. And the rest of you can just join. If you're not a member, we still would love to have you join us. And if you are relatively new here, this is a really good opportunity to kind of see behind the curtains a little bit, a little bit more about the church and kind of what makes us tick. Um, so it would be great to have you stick around for that. So again, right after the service. And there's no Broncos playoff game to worry about. So see, there's plenty of freedom to stick around. So um, we're also doing children's ministry. So kids... If uh, right after this first worship set, you can go out to the lobby, go downstairs to uh, Sunday school. If you're new and you want your kids to go to that, just take them out there and we'll get you pointed in the right direction. Um, just a reminder, um, offering, we do have offering baskets in the back. We haven't done the pass the baskets around for a couple of years now because of COVID and such. But there are baskets in the back and you can also give online. Um, and we are very grateful for the giving. Uh, the church, you'll see at the business meeting this afternoon, giving has been just amazing through the pandemic. So it's, uh, we're very grateful for that. Um, and then lastly, I wanted to give you a quick update on Bella. We prayed for Bella Veroni last week during the service. She is uh, with Youth with a Mission YWAM in uh, Uganda right now. And she came down with uh, some pretty serious uh, foodborne illness that got into her bloodstream and she had to go on some pretty heavy medications and it was definitely concerning. But um, thankfully, she is improving. She's getting stronger and stronger. I think today might be the last day of the antibiotics. And uh, she was actually able to go on an outreach to a remote island with the team. So thank you for your prayers for Bella. Keep praying for her and the family just as she continues to recover. But she is doing much better. Yes, praise the Lord. All right, let's pray together as we uh, go into a time of worship. Father God, we are grateful. Um, just grateful for Bella and for her family and just... The way they all serve um, so diligently and we're thankful that Bella is doing better thank you for uh, just healing her and strengthening her and surrounding her with good people and getting her the medicine she needs and just pray that she would continue to be able to connect with her team I know it's kind of hard to be kind of pulled out of a team like that when you're overseas and to kind of be isolated and now to get back into that team and reintegrate and just pray for your blessings on that and just continued protection upon her as, as her body recovers just be with Kevin and Simone, her folks, and just give them peace and comfort um, being so far away from their daughter when she's sick. Just pray for your continued blessings on her. And Lord, just bless our time today. Um, draw us closer to your heart. Speak to us through your word, and uh, let us worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Thanks, Sean. Let's stand together this morning as we start worship. I'm not sure about you guys, but sometimes um, it's amazing what happens uh, just when you take a big, deep breath, kind of that refresh. As we start this morning, let's uh, let's just take a, dig, a big, deep breath and just uh, let's close our eyes as we do it. But let's make it a bit of a just a, kind of an act of prayer. Like, all right, Lord, we're kind of exhaling this last week and inhaling this this time of just being able to press into Him. So, sounds a little weird. I never, I wasn't even actually thinking about doing this. But let's just let's just take a big, big deep breath. Yeah, that's our prayer this morning, God, that we would start our service here. Just focusing our attention on you. Your majesty enthroned in beauty all my life, your love pursues me found in you holy one the king of glory you're the author of my story and i'm found in you because you give me life it leads me to find your grace and your mercy you're given so free your word is my light that leads me to find your comfort and healing the hope that i'm needing your love is all around whoa your love is all around whoa oh living one oh living one forever drawing me into your presence and I'm found in you great redeemer precious savior you are faithful though I wonder and I'm found in you cause you give me life and leads me to find your grace and your mercy you're given so freely your word is my light it leads me to find your comfort and healing the hope that i'm needing your love is all around Whoa, your love is all around spoken this love is yours 
This love restores the broken, and I hear your voice, and I hear the words you've spoken. This love is yours. This love restores the broken, and I hear your voice. I hear the words you've spoken. This love is yours. This love restores the broken. I hear your voice, I hear the words you've spoken, this love is yours, this love restores the broken, no, whoa, whoa, your love is all around, whoa, whoa, your love is all around, whoa, whoa, So I yield to you and to your care. 
We just surrender this time to you. We just, um, we ask that you be glorified in our worship, in our teaching, in our fellowship this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Morning. Say it again. Good morning. I'd encourage you to turn to Galatians 3. At least have your finger on that. We're going to be back in our study. We're going to talk about the importance of knowing the truth of the gospel. Give the kids a chance to, to go out here. We had a chance this week to celebrate my little Bo's birthday in Indiana. Bo turned six. Yesterday, he's our feisty little guy. God, boy, Papa loves him. I heard about a pastor years ago that would preach four sermons over and over every year. Because he believed if people would just grasp that sermon in their hearts and obey it, then all their lives would be changed, but they would really influence many lives. I'd suggest probably the message of the day would be one of the Apostle Paul's messages. One that he'd want you to hear over and over. In fact, the fact that he's so redundant in the book about the truth of the gospel tells us it's that important to know the truth. Crucial to understand it. You say, well, why? Because there are so many lies, so many distortions of the gospel out there right now. Things that are leading people astray from the truth, from, from really knowing Jesus or trusting him with their lives. You say, what are some of those? Where, 
One of them is just that there's many ways to God. You know, that, that for us, saying Jesus is the only way is, is pretty arrogant. Even though Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Or there's no consequence of sin, there, there's no hell. We, we can live any way we want, because eventually we're all going to go to heaven anyway. Or even that question of the resurrection, is the resurrection even important? Is it true? Ah, it doesn't matter that much. Or, or I'm, a, I'm a good person. I mean, I follow the Ten Commandments. I do nice things for people. I believe that's enough to get to heaven. You see how it so easily can be distorted? See, Paul's message and the message of Galatians is by the grace of God and faith in Jesus. That's what makes us right by believing. That's what makes us right with God. And like Abraham, if we do that, we can know him now and forever. We can have this relationship forever with him. So that's why it's so crucial to know the truth. So let me ask you to just bow your heads and ask God to be part of this, because that's the only way it'll be good. Father, we just come to you and, and confess that we can get so caught up in our own little worlds Lord, that we can begin to believe the lies. Lord, we, we ask you to open our hearts again and remind us how amazing this gospel truth is. How you've given it to us graciously, freely, and, and that we might live these lives of freedom just, just to really be who we are, who you've called us to be by your grace. So Holy Spirit, speak today. Teach us. Uh, so that we might know and live more like Jesus. Bless your word and bless your people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me give you a little bit of the context of this passage. Uh, there's these false teachers. They call, they're called Judaizers. And we've referred to them a number of times. Let me tell you what a Judaizer was. It's, it's a faction of, the, of Jewish Christians in the early church who regarded the Levitical laws of the Old Testament as still binding to be saved. So basically, they really wanted pe people to become like Jews if you came to the faith, to be circumcised, to live by the law. And they said that was the requirement to be saved. And unfortunately, many in the Galatian church had foolishly believed these lies. In fact, they had forsaken the grace of God, according to Paul. If you look in chapter 1, he says this at verse 6, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. He's got, yeah, even save freely. Why would you now try to work for your salvation? In chapter 2, they tried to discredit the Apostle Paul. They said, well, he doesn't really give the message to the Jews like he does to the Gentiles. He's only been called to the Gentiles. In chapter 2, Paul refutes that. He says this in verse 4, but it's because of the false brethren, again, those who were false teachers, who had sneaked in to spy out our liberty, 
which we have in Christ Jesus, in order to bring us into bondage. But we did not yield in subjection to them for even an hour so that the truth of the gospel might remain with you. He said, you know, when you start to believe that, there's just a bondage that comes with it. You lose the freedom that God has called you out to have. And then in chapter 3, and Kevin spoke about that well last week, talked about being bewitched, that the Galatians had become bewitched. They had allowed evil influences into their thinking and conclusions. The Apostle Paul had warned about this very thing to the Ephesian church. He says, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried away by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. I mean, it's so easy to just get caught in the lies. And we, we see people who are just slowly just drifting away from the faith. And you ask yourself the question, how could they be so foolish? The Galatians, I'd ask even maybe a more important question, how could we be so foolish? We, we have all of the scriptures. We have the truth. They had just parts of it. I can understand them more than us. So why would they fall away? Well, let me suggest, I think it's a, it's a control versus a dependence issue. I think that's the same in our day and age. With the do's and don'ts, I can pridefully control my life. I mean, I can figure out a way to earn it. And then I control other people. Because there's some standard that's going to be set up, and we can just kind of expect them to live that way too, don't we? This miserable legalistic lifestyle. Versus dependence on the Lord for everything. That's really humility. And you have put your little faith in this unbelievably amazing God, and he receives it and does things with it. Some people call that a crutch. In fact, in my early years of Christianity, I heard a lot more than a crutch. It's much more spiritually than a crutch. This, this, is, this is being disabled in a wheelchair that he needs to push. That, that's how much we need to depend. That's how much... We need the Lord in our lives every day. So, so does that mean you continue to obey the truth? Absolutely. I mean, his, his truth will guide us to this life. It, it's the truth that sets us free. It's the truth that gives us this liberty to live out this faith, to enjoy what God has given us, to make a difference. But even then, we aren't to do that alone. He's given us help with spirit of truth convict us, encourage us, challenge us to live it out. That's true freedom. Because you can take your struggling, my struggling self, and trust God for everything I truly need that he wants to provide. And somehow, God can take a fragile vessel like us, like myself, and do great things through us. Isn't that amazing? It's no wonder Paul continues to repeat the need to know the truth of the gospel in our study in Galatians. Paul again refutes these false teachers' claims. He reminds them that our faith begins by hearing the gospel and believing. Chapter 3, verse 5, it says this, 
Does he then who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Look back up to verse 2. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? See, our faith is based on hearing the Word of God. Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Some translation says the hearing of Christ. Same. They're both God. We need to hear the faith. And that faith that God has given to us it was the first thing that Paul spoke about in Galatians. Again, if you turn your Bibles to chapter 1, it says, Paul, an apostle, not sent from men, not through the agency of man, but through... Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. You see how significant it is to our faith? The very first thing he speaks about is the resurrection. And all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself up for our sins, who died that we might live, who shed his blood so our sins would be forgiven. That he might deliver us out of this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forevermore. And he says, I'm amazed that you so quickly are deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. So why would you leave the grace of God? In fact, grace is always connected to our faith. It's always a gift from God. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself. Do you realize God's grace even has given us the faith to believe? Even that's a gift? It's a gift of God, and that is a result of works that no one should boast. And beloved, it's a choice. It is a choice to believe or not to believe. You know, we, we, we so often quote, John 3.16, and it's amazing, but really you've got to read it in its context. Put up John 3.16 through 18, Mike. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Love that! Then he continues, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge it, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already. Why? Because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. There's a judgment for those who would choose not to believe. And Abraham made the choice to believe. That's what our text tells us. Verse 6 tells us that even so Abraham believed God. And it was reckoned to him as righteousness. It's interesting, he quotes an Old Testament scripture here, Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. But if you really look closely at this text, it's amazing. He uses six Old Testament passages in these seven verses to support the faith that is true in the Old Testament is in the New Testament. Let's look just briefly at Genesis chapter 15 in, it, in its context. Verses 4 through 6. It says, Then, behold, the word of the Lord came to him. Isn't that interesting? God spoke. Faith comes from what? Hearing the word. He spoke. It says, This man will not be your heir, but 
one who will come forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, now look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you're able to count them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Then he believed the Lord. And it was reckoned to him as righteousness. There's really two key words here. It says Abraham believed. The Hebrew here is really interesting. The idea here in the Hebrew is to lean your whole weight on him. I mean, at that moment, he just decided, I'm going to completely trust. See, Abraham wholly leaned on the promise of God and the God of promise. And that's really required of us in our faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, For without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe he is. And he's the reward of those who seek him. He is. We've got to believe he's God, that he's capable of doing all the things he says. Otherwise, our faith has no value. And that he rewards those who just seek him, who want to know him, who want to trust him. The second key word here is reckoned to him as righteousness. You know, that is man's greatest need, to be made right with God. Romans chapter 3 tells us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So that's it. I mean, everybody's, in fact, he says in there, there is none righteous in the immediate context. Not even one. See, it's not enough to be religious as these Judaizers were teaching. God demands perfect righteousness or you will not enter into his kingdom. You say, well, how do we get perfectly righteous? That's where faith comes in. In his book, Be Obedient, Warren Wearsby shares these thoughts about this. He said, how Abraham received this righteousness. He believed the Lord. And righteousness was imputed to him. Impute means to put into one's account. On the cross, our sins were put on Jesus' account. Numbered, counted with the transgressors. Tells us in Isaiah 53, when he suffered the punishment that belongs to us. When you trust him, his righteousness is put on your account and you stand righteous and forgiven before a holy God. Then Paul argues that the truth of this gospel is available to all who believe. That, that was a pretty important point at that time. The Jew and Gentile alike, verses 7 and 8 of chapter 3. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith that are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that, the, that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations shall be blessed in you. Sons of Abraham are just those who believe the same faith, put their faith in. In a couple of weeks, we're going to look at a section of scripture in Genesis chapter 22. It's always so profound to me because it's really Jesus in the Old Testament speaking to Abraham during a really amazing time of his faith and just how he made promises at that time are the same promises we've been given today. See, the Judaizers would argue that you've got to be circumcised like Abraham 
But Paul refutes that claim by quoting Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. If you put that up, Mike. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives, from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing, and I'll bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Well, it's really interesting. At this point, Abram's still not a believer. He doesn't believe until chapter 15. So the promise was made to all the families while he was still uncircumcised. So he argues and says, you know, if you're, you're claiming that and using Abram as the example, that's a lie. In fact, again, in Romans chapter 4, the Apostle Paul makes this argument. It says, blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. Is this blessing then on the circumcised or the uncircumcised also? For we say faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it credited while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness of the faith which he had while uncircumcised, so that he might be the father of all who believe without being circumcised that righteousness might be credited to them and the father of circumcision to those who not only are of circumcision, but who also follow in the steps of faith of our father Abraham, which he had while he was uncircumcised. See, our faith begins by hearing. We need to hear the gospel. We need to tell people the truth. We need to be speaking these words to people. What our faith is founded on and then when we believe that, and again, that word in the Greek, and I, I referred to it in John, it's used a hundred times in the book. It's pastuus in the Greek. It means an ongoing trust. It's an ongoing belief, an ongoing relationship with the Lord. When we believe, we are saved. We are made right with God. And it all comes with blessings. Verse 9 in our text says, So then... Those who are of the faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. See, you know, I think the greatest blessing of Abraham was to, to know God, but he knew other people would get right with God. Nations. I bet you he looked and just said, oh my gosh, my life can make a difference. Isn't that kind of a deep question we all ask ourselves? Am I really making a difference? Am I just going through the motions? Well, I sure ask myself that question. I mean, each day is an opportunity. But I think he looked ahead and he's, he's, he realized salvation has always, in every age, been by faith. Kevin last week spoke on God's gracious gift of salvation in three stages saved by the Spirit, justification. Live by the Spirit, sanctification. We're going to talk about that next week. What does it really mean to live by faith? And then finishing with the Spirit, glorification. Today we're just speaking really about justification. What it means to be made right with God. You know why I think that's so important? Because all the blessings you have are before you do anything but believe. You believe and you're blessed. 
You don't do anything to earn that. You never will, you never can. You just believe and you put your faith in all of a sudden God blesses you with so much. And if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to the next book of the Bible, uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Let me just highlight some of the blessings that I think we need to hold on to. It says this in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us as adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed upon us in the beloved. You know, when God sees us, he just sees us in love, holy and blameless. But it tells us this, he chose to put us into his family. You know, one, one of the greatest blessings we have, we are part of the family of God. We need to really hold on to that. There's not a better family to be part of. We are part of the family. There's a second blessing. If you look down in chapter 1, I think that's maybe the most profound of all blessings. Verse 13 says, In him, you also, after listening to the message again, you got to hear the gospel of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and having also believed you were sealed with him with the Holy Spirit of promise who was given as a pledge for our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. You know, and it's an interesting term here. It's like a down payment. It's like an accountant putting a down payment on somebody. Say, Here's what you can know. Not only are you going to have the Holy Spirit indwelling you to help you now, but you will have him forever. That's the promise. Hold on to that one. <laughs> you don't get any better than that. And finally, one I really love, found in chapter 2. Verse 4 says, But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. I like that. The great love which he loved us. Even when you were dead in your transgression, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, in order, I love this, in order that in the ages of come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace, and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. He just wants to continue to, to give us blessings and kindness in our lives. You know why? Because our Papa God wants people to know we are his children. He wants people to know that. And he wants people to look just like we do with our own children. And now when you have grandchildren, it's crazy how much you can love them and enjoy them and you want everybody to know. Our Papa God wants the same he wants to show us off. Isn't that amazing? All these things should remind us about the importance of knowing the truth of the gospel. So how does it apply to our lives today? Let me just start with a question to ask you. In all honesty, is your relationship with the Lord Jesus more in your control or in dependence on him. See, the false teacher, the Judaizers, were asking the Galatians to be more in control. And 
with that, to carry all kinds of burdens, all kinds of struggles they didn't need to carry. Does your life feel free? I mean, does it truly feel free to know him and walk with him? Or is it pretty heavy loaded down? Is that sure not his heart? Can I say, if, if, if you really can say that in your heart, and only, only you know what's going on in your heart right now, but if you think you're too much in control of your life, confess that. Don't live that way. You'll live in bondage. You'll never live up. Do you realize that? You can't. And ask Jesus for help. He wants to carry the burdens and the struggles of our lives with us, for us. Lean your whole weight on him. Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Dependence on the Lord is so freeing. So you don't have to make it happen. He's enough. Second, and I encourage you, this, I, this, this is one of those applications that comes up probably every four or five of my sermons, I think, but share the truth of the gospel with yourself daily. Take some time. I really do this. <laughs> First of all, it's a reminder to just know how rich I am, how blessed I am, but it also keeps you humble because you realize you don't earn or deserve anything. It just keeps you, but it's just God's gift. It's God's grace. So we can just offer it freely to other people because we can't look down on anybody. If you understand the grace of God, you can only look up. You can't look down. Because if you're judging other people, well, you got some issues. And let, let me ask you to do this too. If it comes from hearing by faith, if the gospel is, then you need to hold on to these truths. You need to memorize these truths. John 3, 16 through 18. You need to hold that in your heart. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Memorize these verses. Claim these verses. Psalm 103. There's just some profound... You need to be saying these things in your heart, speaking them, praying them, claiming them, so you'll be free when the difficult times come. You know the truth. See, every day is an opportunity to know the Lord better and to make him known. Every day. What a gift that is. Final thought. If you're confused by things you've heard, maybe a podcast or maybe some conversations you have, and you just know deep down something doesn't feel right, then ask your pastors. Email us. Tell us, let's, let's get founded on the truth. Don't, don't get away from the truth. Because it's just a slight change, a slight dissertation, distortion of the truth that can change. You know, I, I think of somebody that we know that just is somebody we love, that we know has been taught the truth, knows the truth. But slowly but surely, they just started to believe there's no consequence of sin, there's no hell. And next thing you know, they're moving further and further away. Suddenly, Jesus doesn't matter anymore because guess what? We all go to heaven anyway bought into lies, and their lives have been changed. 
we can all be deceived. So be so careful. But ask questions before it's too late. Don't go down a road and start to live differently. You know, oh, yeah, that sounds really good. That sounds really right. But it's got to be consistent with this. Or God tell you, there are going to be consequences you don't know of. Not just for you, for the generations to come. There's a word that the Apostle Paul gives to the Thessalonians. Let me ask you to bow your heads and I'll, I'll read this verse. I hope this is said about us and the worship team, you guys can come up. It says this, For this reason we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. Let's pray. Father, we just trust that you have a word to speak to each of us today. Remind us how, how good it is to know you, how amazing it is that you would send your son that we could live. He would die that we would live. But he would resurrect to give us that hope to be with you forever. Holy Spirit, we ask you to take these truths, not just today, but during the week that we read over these and think through them and meditate and even to memorize some of these verses to remind us of what the true faith is all about and what the truth of our faith is. Lord, we pray for those who are confused that you make things clearer today. And maybe there's some people you want to send our way this week, Lord, that, that just have some questions that you want to answer that they would get back on that road of truth because we know when we abide in your truth, that's when we are set free. We're so grateful, God, you've given us your truth to direct our paths. We love you, Lord. We don't tell you that enough. We need you desperately to be the people that you want us to be.
last song.
so much for just our time together. God, thank you for this body, for this family. And we're grateful to, to be in a relationship together, to pursue you together. And God, as we go from here, um, God, help us to uh, just to keep you with us all week long. Holy Spirit, we pray that you just guide our steps. God, thank you uh, just for being so near to us give to you this time. God, we pray that you would be with us in the, in the business meeting. God, we pray that uh, you'd be honored in it. In Jesus' name, amen. That would be great. And the rest of you just kind of hang out for the next 25 minutes or so. Thanks. Mm -hmm. 